Aloha. Welcome to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Now, when you feel thirsty, when you say, I'm really craving a drink of something that's refreshing and cool and gets you excited to go ahead and pick it up, are you searching for things that have a little too much sugar in them? Or are you looking for good old-fashioned plain water? And even by calling it plain, that may not make it sound as exciting as our body actually thinks that it is. Well, today we're going to have a panel of experts. I have Dr. May Okihiro on the line. She is in pediatrics and has been out at Wainai Comp Comprehensive Medical Center, Wainai Coast Comprehensive, for 21 years. She's also on faculty at John Burns School of Medicine for almost two decades. We also have Shelly Fay on the line. She is a parent of two kids, but also a physical educator at Punahou for 30 or more years. And we have Dr. Janan Banna. She is a registered dietitian. And today we are going to talk about the effect of extra added sugar in our diet, in particular in beverages, because we may not realize how much extra calories we drink so quickly when we look for some of those other types of drinks that might be soda or fruit juices or even sports drinks. Even if we think we're doing good, we might not be. And what kids see parents do, they tend to model So we'll talk a little bit about ways that we can be creative and try and change that dynamic for the better. So thank you, all of you, for being on The Body Show today. Now, I'd like to start with Dr. Okihiro. You know, you're in pediatrics. You've seen the trends for kids over the last couple of decades, really. What are some of the things that you're noticing that you're seeing in your patients? Over the last several years, we've seen more and more kids um, gaining a lot of weight um, over a short period of time, and that continues through the pandemic. Um, So just last week, I saw um, a 17-year-old who had gained almost 25 pounds in just a couple of months, and I had seen um, a... 12-year-old girl who gained 60 pounds over the last 14 months. And um, that kind of weight gain, it's hard to gain that kind of weight with just eating because you just get full. Um, And what they had told me, both of the the kids had told me, is that they were drinking a lot of sugary beverages from um, sports drinks, you know, to sodas, to fruit juices. Um, So a mix of all of those. So um, we are really trying to get people to drink less sugary beverages because they're a a very easy source of sugar. Now, you mentioned that, you know, it would be hard to gain that much weight from eating because you feel full. Is there something about drinking the sugary beverages that make you not feel full? Well, because they're liquid calories, um, your body doesn't register it like your body doesn't measure it in your mind like you're eating actual food. Um, And so you can eat a a large plate full of food and a a giant, you know, big gulp beverage um, and double the amount of calories you have. Um, And and if you drank water instead, you would have the same feeling of fullness. So, um, yeah, because it's liquid calories. 
Yeah, it seems like it would be really easy to just drink it really quickly, too. So you mentioned that it's an element of gaining weight over a short period of time. And if you drink the liquids throughout the day, you're adding almost double the calories, like you mentioned. Now, are we seeing, I hear about in the news periodically that we're seeing an increase in the rates of diabetes or prediabetes diagnosed in adolescents. We're seeing younger ages of people that are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And in fact, it's happening in age groups that we traditionally in the past didn't see happen as much. Are you seeing that in your practice as well? Definitely. Um, we're seeing more kids um, develop prediabetes, which is um, their, their sugar metabolism is already um, irregular. Um, and um, we have had definitely um, several kids become diabetic. They develop what used to be called adult onset diabetes, or you know, we call it type 2 diabetes. Um, but it's because of what they're eating and drinking. Yeah, it's not adult onset anymore. We're seeing it happen in younger, younger groups. Now, if somebody says, well, I'll just, I'll just get my kids diet soda, is that still providing some sort of potential problem with some of the ingredients? Well, um, diet sodas still have a, a lot of different ca- um, chemicals in them that kind of fool your body into thinking it's sugar. And so there's more and more evidence that um, your metabolism is still thrown off by those diet um, artificial sweeteners. Um, and there are a lot of chemicals that we don't know what it's doing to your body, especially a growing child's body. Um, And so we're really encouraging um, our families to just drink water. And so my mantra is drink water, water, a little bit of milk, and more water. That's the best thing for you. Well, and sometimes when we think about juices and things, you know, I'm often amazed if you think of the number of, for example, oranges that you would have to actually make or to put into one glass of orange juice. It's a significant amount. You know, I probably wouldn't sit down at some point and say, hey, let me eat like six or eight oranges. I mean, I just, you know, I wouldn't do that. But that's maybe how much oranges it takes to make one glass of juice. And that could be somewhat problematic when you think of all the extra added sugar that's included in that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm curious now... Uh, Shelly Fay, you have been in physical education. You are a PE extraordinaire teacher, and you're at Punahou for, for a long time. Have you seen changes over the last 30 or so years in some of the ways in which you're seeing some of the kids and they're reaching for certain types of drinks or beverages that maybe they didn't used to? I mean, sports drinks are a relatively newer newer invention. Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, what... What not necessarily at our school, but I think in uh, sports um, leagues uh, where you've got kids playing in the AYSO leagues, and you know my kids played in those leagues, and you'll have um, snacks afterwards, and they've played maybe for about thirty minutes, maybe forty-five minutes, and yes, everybody would, you know, parents would be bringing whatever kind of drinks that they thought that their kids liked, and. You know, should they be used to some of the sodas or juices or even sports drinks that they're used to having at home? That's what we would see. And and myself included, you know, I, I think I kind of got caught up in some of that because it was easier to get, right? It's cheaper. It comes in these 
big cases at Costco. But, you know, when you think about what those kids are ingesting and what is the need for the recovery, they don't really need a lot of that sugar. It's not really necessary. Our, our older kids, I teach in the high school, and many of them, for a period of time, it was energy drinks that, were, that they were using. Many of them who have, are training outside in maybe different programs, they might be drinking some protein drinks. But those things are pretty specific to the needs of the person. And if you don't know what your needs are, you could be taking in a lot of different um, chemicals, uh, calories, and things that you may not really need, especially if you're working out for maybe, you know, a class that might last about a half an hour or less than an hour. You don't really need that kind of drink. Water is good for you. Um, I just came from a class where we had our students bringing in their water bottles to the weight room and just having that to, to drink in between some of the sessions was, was exactly what was needed. But, um, you know, when our kids are, when they're young and they're seeing their families getting or drinking those big gulps and it becomes something that they get used to having around, then it becomes more difficult to uh, change those habits. So schools don't have sodas in their vending machines, at least ours don't. And I know a lot of the public schools, that's something that they did away with a while ago. But they're going to go down to 7-Eleven to go get their sugar if that's something that they're used to getting. So it's the choices that, they, they, that they're making um, because of the habits that they've developed over a period of time. Well, and it means that... You know, modeling behavior is something that we we certainly all need to do. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. Today we're talking about the effects of extra sugar in what we drink. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about creative ways to reduce that, ways to make water more exciting, and what are some of the effects that we can see when people try and restrict the amount of sugary drinks that they're ingesting. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we have a fabulous panel of experts on the line. We're talking about sugar in drinks what, how much sugar is too much, and how much do we have in our diet already? We have Dr. May Okihiro on the line. She is a pediatric physician out at Waianae Coast Comprehensive and a member of the faculty at John Burns School of Medicine. We have Shelly Fay. She is a physical education expert at Punahou for over three decades. Sorry to age you there, Shelly. And we have Dr. Janan Bana. She is a registered dietitian. And I'd like to start with Dr. Bana. You know, how much sugar do we need during the day? We've just talked a little bit about how, you know, depending on what level of activity, we probably don't need to increase our intake of beverages more than water if the activity we're doing is maybe a half an hour or so, maybe a little bit more than that. And then we don't really need to get sports drinks every time we do activity. But, you know, what's a normal amount of sugar and how much are in some of these beverages? Is it that much more than than usual? Yes, so we definitely need to restrict our added sugar um, and make it a 
minimal part of the diet. So the recommendation is to consume less than 10% of our calories per day from added sugars. And one can of Coke pretty much can put us uh, at that point or above, depending on our caloric intake. So we really want to be monitoring our intake in particular of these sugary beverages because we know that they contain huge amounts of sugar. So one example that I like to give and that I have given my students as well is this macnut smoothie that I found on the menu at a restaurant in Waikiki. So I inquired as to what was in the macnut smoothie, and I found that rather than containing macnut, the smoothie contained a macnut syrup. So I just want to highlight the fact that we are really being deceived in many cases. It's not clear to us just how much sugar is in these drinks, and we need to be watching out in terms of not only soda, but quote-unquote fruit drinks, which might have pictures of fruit, but in fact uh, contain no fruit at all and just tons of added sugar. Drinks like the pumpkin spice latte, you know, would be another example. Lots and lots of added sugar putting us, you know, at the recommended limit or above that with just one drink. So we have whopping amounts of sugar in our food supply, and we need to be very conscious of that. So now you mentioned that you asked when you saw the MacNut smoothie exactly what's in it. For people who are looking at buying beverages, is there something that they, how do they look at a label and how can they check to see how much sugar is in it? What sort of, do they just look at sugar and grams or how would they find that out? Well, one of the wonderful things is that we now have added sugar on our label. So that's been a recent change and it's a whole separate line there on the label. So you can actually differentiate between the sugar that is naturally occurring in foods and sugar that is added. So we want to be very conscious of that when reading the label. Um, prior to this, it was uh, very confusing because sugar has so many different names. If we read the ingredients list, it can come up in so many different forms. So consumers were utterly confused and are still confused, but at least we have that line on the label, which is useful if we want to just check that uh, to get an idea of what's in the food. And so if we were to create a nutrition label for water, we would see there's no added sugar in water and it's, you know, no calories and it's very replenishing for the body. On average, you mentioned a can of Coke could potentially actually have as much sugar that would hit somebody's 10% of their daily caloric intake. What about some of the sports drinks? Do they contain as much sugar as soda? And is that one of the other ways in which we think we're choosing something healthy, but we might be deceiving ourselves? Yes, sports drinks can definitely contain quite a bit of sugar, and so definitely that's something we want to be conscious of as well. And I think uh, Shelley Fay said it right in terms of not needing those drinks. So perhaps if we're running a marathon, we're doing extreme sports, and we're sweating a lot for hours, we might need uh, to replenish our electrolytes and have some simple carbohydrate, but we generally don't need that if we're going to the gym for half an hour and doing some light exercise. And if the child is playing soccer and kicks the ball one time, they don't need to drink a sports drink to compensate for that activity. Now, I'm curious, there's a lot of other forms of sugar that are in our diet. You know, when we talked at the beginning of the show, it was like if you had a soda and you had food, you could double your caloric intake by having both. So what are some of the other types of sugars that happen in the diet? And are there some unexpected sources that people don't realize? 
Definitely. We see added sugar in many, many items. So we can think about dressing, condiments, and then I talked about the smoothies. Another example would be at the Dole Plantation, the pineapple ice cream. So this is another interesting example. But it's because so good. Ice cream. But it tastes so Sorry? good. I like the pineapple <laughs> ice cream. Yeah, that's true. And I'm again, uh, I should reiterate here or state that I'm not saying we should never have any added sugar. It's fine to have some added sugar. But what I am saying is that we need to be very, very aware as consumers because these things are very deceiving. And, you know, we're using uh, the word fruit. We're using the word pineapple in this case. And there's no pineapple. So we can have it, you know, moderation, definitely. But we need to be very aware. It's good I don't live near the Dole Plantation because it takes a drive to get there. Now, you know, sometimes people will think, oh, I'm not having a lot of sugar in my diet, but then they'll have extra rice. And I think some people don't realize that rice breaks down into a carbohydrate, which also is adding to your intake of carbohydrates during the day. And you don't want to combine that with a lot of extra sugar. Is that right? Yeah, we want to focus on complex carbohydrates so we can think about Um, Brown rice being a better choice in general than white rice. We can think about whole grain bread. We want to think about uh, emphasizing those carbohydrate-containing foods that uh, give us some fiber um, to help us stay full. Kind of like eating the actual fruit would do. Instead of having a fruit juice, having the actual fruit like an apple instead of apple juice or having oranges without having orange juice, that these are some of the ways that you could increase your potential fiber intake, get get delicious fruit, and not necessarily have to drink it in quantities that might actually represent more fruit than you would ever sit down and eat at once. That's right. That's yeah, a great point. So that fiber that we find in the fruit helps us to stay full, and we need that to help us prevent overeating and have a sense of satisfaction so that we're not consuming a huge number of calories via drinks. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk about some creative ways that people have thought about in other cities, in other countries, in other locations, and what might be a way to help people to refine their choices so that it's a healthier choice for them for their beverages, but also a way that we can provide additional education for others so they know how to make some of these better choices. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Bavarian Motor Experts. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today I have some experts on the line. We're talking about extra sugar in our drinks and why we need to be careful with that. We have Dr. May Okihiro. She is a physician who is in pediatrics at Waianae Coast Comprehensive and also on the faculty at John Burns School of Medicine in the pediatric department. We have Shelley Fay. She is a physical educator at Punahou for over 30 years. And we have Dr. Janan Bana. She is a registered dietitian and has expertise in how we can make better dietary choices. Now, we've talked a little bit about the fact that sugar is in drinks and we need to try and limit how much sugar we intake. And we've talked a little bit about what sort of drinks might have the most. I'm curious, when we say let's make water a little bit tastier and more exciting, 
what are some ways that we can make water the preferred choice? You know, when you're talking with some of your patients, Dr. Dr. May, what sort of things do you encourage your parents to do or the kids to do to make make them want to choose water over some of the other options that are out there? I think it's making water accessible. So we really encourage everyone um, to take water bottles wherever they go um, with cool, clean water. Um, and the other thing is we really promote um, healthy beverages, water, um, and, and some milk from the time the kids are are toddlers um, so that it becomes a habit and that's what what they're they're used to i think it's like a super salty diet and if if you get used to putting salt and show you and all your food you're you're used to that level of saltiness same thing with sugary foods if you're used to having lots of sugary foods all the time that that's what you'll crave and want um and so we really encourage people to to just have the water around when they go out. Um, otherwise, it's uh, they'll be tempted to buy something, which ends up being a sugary, sugary beverage. So making sure that it's accessible, that's a really good point. Because I think if you were to go to a store and say, hey, it's $2 for a bottle of water, it's $2 for a bottle of soda, some people might choose the soda because they feel water is something they can get elsewhere. But in fact, that might lead them down a path that might not be the healthiest for them. Yeah. Now, yeah, and I think uh, just my other point, two other points is um, is that there are there is a lot of sugar in in other foods, but sh- but beverages are the number one source of extra sugar in our diet, um, especially in the U.S. So that's why we talk a lot about sugary beverages if you want, if if we're trying to get uh, reduce the amount of sugar in our diet. That's a really good point, is that you're going to find the extra added sugar in the beverages, so that may be the first thing to take a look at, as opposed to some of the other food choices. And as you mentioned earlier, sometimes eating those foods make you full, so you're less likely to have an extra amount because it fills you up, so really focusing on the beverages. Now, I'd be curious, Shelley, you've worked in physical education for many years. What can you do to make water exciting? I always find that if somebody slices up an unusual fruit and puts it in water, all of a sudden I want some. It's like, ooh, what's that going to taste like? There's blueberries and strawberries in that. Is that one way that you can make water seem more appealing and exciting? That probably would be great, but it's not as practical in a school setting. Um, if it, if you're going to places like hotels where they're serving these really luxurious-looking drinks and it's just some fresh fruit in that glass, how wonderful and refreshing that can be when you're when it's cold and the, the say the the fountain the the water dispensing fountain is nice and cold and everybody else is doing it and they've got these great containers and flasks that they're using to fill up their drinks. Uh, fill up the water with and when the younger kids are seeing the older kids do it um, a a lot of it is the modeling the access Um, and again in the schools I think uh, we had once when we started going away from sodas we had this product called Jack's it had a it had some fresh fruit in it it had a little bit of um, uh, carbonation and it was the alternative for our kids and it took them a little while to uh, 
to get used to it, and some of them went for it, but it was it was not really cost uh, efficient. I mean, the kids didn't really necessarily choose it. I'm not even sure what they're serving. Uh, recently, of course, we're not serving any of that right now in our schools, but once we do get back on um, into the cafeterias and things like that, you know, we have an opportunity to offer some things that will, will be healthy for our kids, no matter what school you're in. And, and it doesn't have to be really something that's going to be expensive, but something, a, a great alternative. But I think you brought up a good point about, you know, what would it be like if we dressed it up a bit? That'd be fun. Well, that's a challenge to find a way to make yeah. water get more exciting. Now, you know, there are some other places where they've put uh, extra added disincentives to the purchase of some of the sugary beverages. What sort of things have they done in other locations and how successful have they been? Yeah, well, we have seen that in the U.S. and in other countries uh, such as Mexico, we have seen some progress in terms of putting a tax on sugary beverages and We've seen a decrease in purchasing. So this is one way we can influence behavior. We really want to discourage the purchase of these sugary beverages. So like the tax wouldn't be on water, but it might be on some of the other beverages that traditionally would contain sugar, like the sodas and the juices and things. Yeah, correct. So we can think about sodas as well as, quote unquote, fruit drinks, which, uh, you know, the fruit is really a misnomer there. Sweetened coffee and teas, these energy drinks, sweetened waters. So we really have a whole host of products with a huge amount of added sugar. And presumably if, if there's a, a sugar beverage tax, that money would go towards, like, educating people about better beverage choices? That's right. So that could be one option. We could have nutrition education on the dangers of consuming sugar in excess. Of course, moderation is okay, but excess is the problem. We could also use that money to contribute to the Double Up Food Bucks program that helps our Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program recipients get twice the value when they're purchasing local produce. We could use it to fund water fountains, perhaps farm-to-school programs, So we really want to put our energy in those initiatives to try to focus on prevention of health problems rather than treatment. Well, and you mentioned health education for dietitian, uh, dietary efforts. And Dr. Bonin, that must be just right up your alley. That's just an area where I think we don't have enough focus on having people understand. Even in medical schools, they've sort of said, we need to teach the doctors how to teach nutrition by teaching them what to do themselves. And, you know, I don't remember having a cooking class when I was in med school, but I'll tell you, I should definitely have gone if they had one, because that would be a skill that I would definitely benefit from. Yeah, this is one aspect of addressing our problems with regards to diet. Uh, We definitely could use uh, additional education. And at the individual level, that's what we can do. We can become savvy consumers because it's just so easy to be tricked. Things are so deceiving. Labels are complicated. So the more we can be informed, the better off we'll be. Well, you've all made me want to drink extra water as I've talked to you. And and I want to dress it up. I want to put some fresh fruit in there and make it make it even more exciting. Well, it's certainly a, a lot of great information. Now, is there something going on in the legislature where they're trying to look at sugar beverage taxes? Dr. 
There is a bill um, that is being considered, but I don't think it's been heard yet. Um, and I'm not sure it's going to make it into the le legislative agenda this season. We are, we're hoping that it does um, because we know there is very little money for health and wellness programs right now. Um, and, and actually, there's a huge need for health and wellness programs um, with everything going on. So we're hoping that it does get introduced. It may be too late for this legislative season, but we're, we're going to remain hopeful. All right. Well, I will remain hopeful and I will look at water and have a whole new level of excitement. I want to thank all three of you for joining me today on The Body Show and sharing your expertise with us. That was Dr. May Okihiro. She is a physician in pediatrics at John Burns School of Medicine on the faculty. That was Shelley Fay. She is a physical educator at Punahou School. And Dr. Janan Bana, and she is a registered dietitian. Thanks to all of them for sharing their expertise. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We will see you next week when we talk again about health topics right here on The Body Show. See you then. <laughs>